Have you ever been terrified of public speaking? A Gallup poll confirmed that the greatest fear of 40% of Americans is public speaking. So if this is you, you are gonna wanna be here today for our incredible conversation on the Max Potential Habits podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. I'm Dr. Amanda Barrientes. I'm the host of this podcast. And this is your place where you're gonna learn tips, tools, and hear inspirational stories from incredible people. And we're here to help you optimize your habits so you can lead a thriving life and business. And today I have on a friend that I met. Actually, we live in the Boulder, Colorado area. And I met her at a networking event. And right away I was drawn to her because her 30 second commercial was so kick ass. (laughs) And I was like, I gotta talk to this woman. And it turns out that she is a speaker and she helps people learn how to be better at speaking, which the more research I do on speaking, the more that I come to see that if you struggle in this area, it's going to limit you in life, business. You know, there's so many areas where we end up having to speak. And if you struggle here, it's going to feel scary and hard. So let me introduce Margaret and we're going to have a great conversation about public speaking. Margaret Keynote coaches speaker leaders, leads workshops across the U.S. and is a perpetual student. She is well known for coaching over 100 TEDx speakers nationally and internationally. Margaret has supported over a thousand performers and performances in her career. She loves helping people transform to project strong leadership and seeing the impact that new confidence has on their audiences. She has supported entrepreneurs preparing investment pitches, individuals create their signature talk, and curated many TEDx events. Margaret has been nicknamed the benevolent pusher for her uncanny ability to be supportive, directive, and entertaining as she leads communication workshops and coaches individual speakers. She says speakership is leadership and is passionate about helping people lead with their communications. So let's welcome on Margaret, the CEO of Master Speaker Lab. Thank you, Amanda. It is so fun to be here with you. That was such a nice intro. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've been really looking forward to this one. It's (laughs) a topic that comes up all the time. And, you know, I don't know if I ever shared with you, but I used to be terrified of public speaking. My classes, I would like turn red and sweat and my heart would be racing so hard that I would be like, I swear they can see my heart beating out of my chest right now. (laughs) (laughs) I have totally been there too. I've been on the stage and just absolutely forgotten everything that was going on. Hot, sweat, cold, fear, lead balloon in the stomach, left in shame. Like, yeah, I've been there too. Yeah, yeah. That's fun. It's not fun. But you know, what do you, I want to know before we get into your history, what do you think develops people as a public speaker? Because I could see my own experiences, but I, you know, I'm, I'm curious what you would say about that. That's a, I, I love that thought. Um, I know some people who have learned to speak and really connect with their audience purely by learning how to swim in the deep end of the pool. Yeah. It was part of their job. They just had to go do it. And by trial and error, trial by fire, crashing and burning, getting up again, they learned how to listen to their audience they learned how to stay connected. They learned how to tell a story. They learned how to slow down. 
So I think some, that is how some people get there. I think other people, I think there's some people who just naturally, I think we all know those people who just need to be in front with a microphone now, you know, (laughs) (laughs) some people, it is just, you know, something they have ached for since the time they were little. That is not me. I, you know, I, my mom was into theater and I was in lots of plays when I was little, but it was because it was a family thing, not because I ever like just needed it. So I think some people are just super natural at that. Yeah. But then there's those who study it and I think great speaking is like great marketing, great community, communicating anywhere, really understanding who is my audience? Mm-hmm. What do I want to give them? Yeah. How are, where, how can I connect with them more deeply right now? And how can I tell my story in a way that is slow enough and detailed enough so that they really leave with a new thought form in their head of the idea that I'm sharing. Oh, I love this. For all of you listening, I, I really think it benefits you to get out of paper and pencil. I'm already writing a whole bunch of notes. I love this idea. Okay. So before we get into that, how the heck did you get into public speaking and, and coaching oh, on how to be powerful public speaker? It was actually a total surprise to me. Um, my undergrad degree in my childhood was uh, spent as a, I was a cellist. And so I, um, and actually I hate, as a teenager, I hated performing that cold lead balloon in your stomach. Like that was there for me all the time, the cold sweat, the forgetting. Um, But I guess I had enough talent to earn a scholarship for college. And so my undergrad degree was in music performance. And then I still, these painful, painful performances went on and on. I did love the music part though. So when I graduated, I decided to teach. And I spent years with these beautiful master teachers who taught me how to really connect with my student, how to really keep a vision in my mind of where I wanted them to be in the future and how I shaped my words in the moment down to the smallest concept they could absolutely get right now. Mm -hmm. And so it was so focused on the student and um, and I just, and I, I loved, I loved that process and I love my students and I love the music. And then one day when I was in my early twenties, I was in a community that I just adored and they said to me, would you please play cello for us at Christmas time? Please, 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 please. And I said, all oh, right. And, but this time it was different. Cause as I was preparing, I wasn't thinking, what am I going to do wrong? What am I going to do wrong? I just thought about how much I loved them. Mm. And I thought about the gift I wanted to give them about how much I loved this piece by Bach and that I wanted them to understand this piece by Bach. And I played and it was transcendent. It just melted us all. And I was felt like I was such a conduit just connecting the audience to what I wanted to share with them. So like, so lots of cello for lots of years. And, and then I realized I wanted kind of more in the world. And I branched out and started volunteering with TEDx events. Um, This was about six years ago. And somebody said to me, hey, we need somebody to work with the speakers. And you've been on the stage a lot. So how about you work with the speakers? I was like, oh, okay. And as I started working with the speakers, 
I, for one thing, it came much really easily to me because I knew how much preparation it need, they needed. I knew how to practice. I knew how to hold yourself on the stage and have that presence, have that confidence. And I knew how to do the same lessons I'd learned from teaching. How do you connect with your audience? How do you keep a future vision of where you want to lead them by the end? And how do you take your ideas into small enough bites right now that the audience can absolutely understand all of them? Mm, love so this. it was a beautiful experience and people were like, so how long have you been doing this? I was like, well, we've been here about 15 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great yeah so then I went and worked on a I kind of beefed up my credentials with the, working on a master's in strategic communication and yeah and then I've been coaching my business ever since and now it's built up to master speaker lab that's so incredible I love this I, I love the words that you're using you I can tell you're a speaker because you're very <laughs> careful and strategic with your words and they but yet they just slip out like butter <laughs> You know, it's like you, you said present <laughs> preparation and holding yourself and leadership. And then, you know, something I'm really visualizing as you're speaking is you're talking about that future vision of what, where you're taking your audience next Yes. in small bites. Yes. And I love that idea. It's like you're, it's almost, you know, what came to my mind was you're, you're leaving these little morsels along the path and they're following you along until you get to the, you know, the, the climax point or whatever. Oh, right. <laughs> Hero, here's your powers. Here's the, yes, exactly. Yeah, I exactly. Love I love that. that process. So tell us, so something that I'm really appreciating as well as you talking about strategic communication and really focusing your attention on the audience. And that was why you noticed, you know, when you were doing it for your, I think you said it was your, for your family. When yeah, it was a, it was a Bach piece. The Bach piece, it was sort of a chosen family. It was, okay. uh, we were all a community together of moms who brought each other dinners when we had babies and. Okay. Yeah, okay. And I, I love this because it, it, my brain's thinking about the relationship to that with selling something. It's mm -hmm. like when you sell something to someone and it's because you care about it, you don't yes. have that barrier of like feeling like, Ooh, there's all this pressure. You just go, Oh, I've got to share this thing with you because it's so incredible. And I right. want you to hear it or see it or feel it or experience it. Exactly. And I love that idea. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about that when you're helping people speak to their audience? How do you get them to connect with their audience so that they have that place of feeling like they're caring and connecting versus selling and performing? Right, right, right. So because that's a really important thing for so many business owners is to be able to get up and speak. And yeah, the audience, we get turned off immediately if we feel like it's all just for just for their gain. Mm -hmm. And, and so what I like to think through with my speakers is, is really the kind of being the heroes, it's the hero's journey. And the audience is the hero. The audience has a destination to reach. The audience has, the audience is going to be the one you're going to call to action. The audience is the one who's going to go through trials and you're going to support them through it. You're going to give them the map because you know this beautiful new world that they can get to by the end, when they hear your idea, when they hear your stories, when they hear the examples. And so um, to, to, to give an example, how to prepare for this, how to, how to do this, a minute ago, you said you could tell that I was a speaker because words were coming out easily. And the truth is, 
I am a terrible extemporaneous speaker. I am, I am a, I, but I'm a good preparer. And so, <laughs> so I've thought through these words, I've thought through these stories and I've thought really, I have spent time on my own or with other people seeing what works, seeing what phrases I want to use, what stories I want to tell. And so that's what I would really encourage people to do is really prepare. I have a, one of my speaking clients, she and I have been working together for a few months and she was presenting in front of one of my groups and it was really, it was kind of like a dress rehearsal because she was about to get on a plane and go present in front of this conference of, of her colleagues. And when she gave this final dress rehearsal to us in the group, one, some of the people who hadn't seen it for a few weeks, they're like, it's just so easy. It's so natural from you. It's mm -hmm. so... I just feels like you're just talking to me. It doesn't feel like you've done this, you know, you know, robotic homework thing. And really that's the magic that happens when you've deeply, deeply, deeply prepared mm -hmm. is you can let go of the stress of what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? And you can relax into, I'm here with you people, 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 people. That's what Brene Brown says every time before she speaks. And we can just focus on that connection. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So we, will you share what's coming to mind for me that I think that, that my, my tribe will want to hear is what, what does that practically look like? How do you prepare for a, a talk that you're giving? Oh, that's a great question. And I actually just, man, just this morning, just a few hours ago, I gave a presentation on this. Um, I'd be happy to share the, I, with the slides with you to share in the, in the notes. Um, if anybody wants to to link into these because it's pretty self-explanatory from the notes But I the first thing to do is what we've already talked about. What is your end goal? This is what you do in perpetual. This is not the first thing you say in the talk. This is what you do first What's the gift you want to give the audience? What do you want their end state to be? Mm. The second is you Decide how you're going to get on the same page as the audience. What's going on right now? and have them understand their current state right now. And really, and we, what we wanna do is draw a difference between those two. The future state, if you think of that as paradise, is where we're getting to, then the current state, we need to show them why if you stay here, it is the end of the world. Mm. It's not, we have to, this is the current state, okay, and you have to move, so you feel that conflict. The third section that you write, is then how they make that transition from one to the next. Okay. So the roadmap that you're providing for them. Exactly. And so you show them, you know, the, the moment, that moment of transition and you give examples underneath, underneath or tell them stories and you tell them what trials they might find along the way and you give examples and stories. The last thing that you can put in is I call the sandwich. And that is there's something very satisfying to human brains when we hear something in the beginning of a talk and it's echoed back at the end. So these are the bread, two bread parts of the sandwich. So if in the, if the, be, um, so the first, I'm, let me rewind a little bit. The very first thing you did is think about we want the audience to go, but actually when you are presenting the talk, the first thing you say is the end of the world. Here's where we are right now. Here's the, the situation. Like a minute ago, when I told the story of um, when I had, a, uh, I started with a terrible performance and lead balloon in my stomach, that was the, that was the old. 
that was uh -huh. then. Uh -huh. And then there was the Bach and the transcendent performance. That is, that is now. Here we are in paradise. And so if we were to go on, I would tell you how I made that transition. And then I would go on and finish the talk and talk about how, you know, now when I get up to perform, that lead balloon no longer is in my stomach, but it's something else. So there's something echoing that first, the beginning and the end. Yeah, I love that. So. Ooh, it's, I love the resonance. What, what's coming up is the storytelling process. You know, it's like, even if yeah. you're giving practical information, it's this story that you're taking people along from beginning to end. And, yes. and you interwove such, you know, language that had me visualizing what you were talking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really powerful. Yeah. It's, it's in, in fact, it's kind of the only way people are going to remember. Like Maya Angelou said it, people forget what you did. They forget what you said, but they never forget how you made them feel. Mm. And stories make us feel. I love that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if a speaker, I'm sorry to interrupt. I have one little thing to say about that. And if a speaker does have content, they really need the audience to remember mm -hmm. if there's something that they're training, if there's something that's urgent, then there's a whole other set of speaking principles that I'm developing in a course that are based on neural neurology and neural neurological retention rates. Mm. Um, and so that's, yeah, we can save that for another day, but how yeah, to train, how incredible. to show your presentations and your trainings so that you can really increase your audience's retention and have them go away with more than the good feeling from your great stories. Wow. That sounds incredible. Yeah. So, and so people can be looking for that on your website. Yes. Right? Okay, yes. Well, I'll get that from you and, I, and I'll include everything in the show notes for everyone Beautiful. listening. Um, I want to, I want to ask you about that a little bit, you know, in, when you're speaking, I'm thinking of so many ways to connect it to what I'm doing and my audience is business builders. And, you know, I'm thinking from, from minute one, you're public speaking in your business. You know, it's like, yeah. how do you shape your story? How do you tell your story? Exactly. What, what social media platform do you use and how do you use your speaking to develop rapport with your tribe, with your community, how do you know, then when you get asked to speak, or even when you're doing a one minute video, all of these exactly. matter, you know, and, and it's taken me, <laughs> I, I still crack up when I look at my first videos, you know, and it, it, it's been such an interesting evolutionary process to just wing it and say, okay, screw perfection. It's not going right. to be perfect. I'm just going to get it out there. And I have to take that step time. What would you say to people listening who are like, okay, maybe we don't have a TED, X talk yet, mm -hmm. but we want to do a one minute video. What's a quick, simple, do you have any quick, simple tips for helping people be more comfortable in the moment just to get started? Well, we've talked about how to shape it and we've talked about how for people to want to visualize their audience, but let's go into like con some concrete physical things right before you press go on the camera. Ooh, awesome. What you can do physically. And so as you're performing, I don't know about you, but I get nervous even just making videos. Like yeah. there's nobody in the room but me, but I know that camera, you know, is going to go out to possibly hundreds and thousands of people. So uh, your body does go through a wave of energy before you perform, just like an athlete, just like the fight or flight response before we act, our body does, whew, get, get excited, get, you know, some people call that nervous. Some people call that fear. Some people call this, I would rather die. Um, 
Yep. And so we need a place to put that energy. And so this is a podcast so people can't see me, but you, you know, shake your, you, before the camera goes on, shake, shake it all out, dance it out, dance it out, move, move your hips, move your eyes. When your eyes are moving side to side, then you, then your, your body knows that you're not hunting and you're not being hunted. So like move, 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 shake it, move it out, move it out, move it out. Take some deep, because that both, it stimulates your circulation system. You'll have better, <coughs> excuse me, better color in your cheeks and you'll be more connected. I love that idea. It's yeah, that's great. I hadn't heard, I hadn't thought before of the eyes and, and I didn't know that. So looking around, it's like, it's, it's the opposite of survival where you're hyper-focused on one exactly. topic or thing. Right. Oh, interesting. Right. Okay. So move your body. And yeah, so, so for all of you listening, I'm getting to see Margaret over there moving <laughs> around and dancing in her chair. <laughs> okay. So awesome. So they're, so they're moving around, they're moving, they're moving around, moving around. And then the next is to kind of bring it back to center. Then do the thing you've been told a hundred thousand times, deep breath in and deep breath out. And what this does is that balances your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight or freeze response. Parasympathetic, parasympathetic is the opposite, rest and digest. And when you inhale, you can feel it. If you inhale and hold your breath a little bit, you can feel it slightly stimulating. There's just a little bit more live action to it. And then when you exhale, there's releasing and relaxing. So by taking those deep, slow breaths in and out, you're, you are stimulating both the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Okay, guys, we got you both on board. We're fine. We're, we're ready to move ahead. And you're, you know, you're back in your body. You're aware of your sensations. So you can be connected to your own self. You're connected to your core, to your power, so that you can give that energy then to your audience, whether you're on the stage or in front of that super scary camera. <laughs> I love this. That's great. And then when you step in, what do you recommend for an introduction? I've heard different things. I read a really cool article the other day about introductions and I actually might've been from you. I'm not sure, oh. <laughs> I, but I want to hear what you have to say. And you know, because I think people, it, it, I've noticed that if the introduction feels powerful and connected, yeah. it yeah. leads the rest of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, what do you recommend for an introduction of yourself or of the content? Well, I, this, there will be exceptions to this, but in general, my rule is the audience doesn't actually care about me. <laughs> the audience cares about them and all of us as the audience, we care about us. And so when I, as a speaker go out on that stage, I want to connect to that audience first of all. So I start I, I don't actually talk about myself. They can go look up my bio. They can look up LinkedIn or hopefully if it's, I'm speaking then somebody else has said nice things about me beforehand. So when I'm out there, I start right telling a story. I start right with an, ex, with an experience because if I get us laughing, if I get us feeling, if I get you visualizing a story I'm telling, then our brains are having a similar pattern wavelength already. I am creating a shape in your brain that matches my brain. And then we're more connected for the rest of, rest of the time. And so that's, that's my rule of thumb for starting out is somehow create a shared experience with your words. That's awesome. Okay. And would you say, I, I'm thinking, I'm visualizing the difference between maybe a public speaking and doing something on camera. But to me, it sounds, it would be similar. 
I think it would be like I'm like I said I'm sure there's a, a um, there are exceptions yeah especially on camera you have how many seconds do you have before people are flitting away yeah like, like three ten if you're yeah. lucky yeah so starting right there from the beginning like hey let me tell you a story or and there I was standing on the stage wearing all black white hot lights in my eyes and I could but I knew beyond them in the audience were parents teachers friends and students I was supposed to impress you know oh, like you're yeah. like oh, what's yeah, going like to happen next the edge of their seats listening right right yeah. right right, yeah. right like it's an Ira Glass trick to just keep saying the action this happened then this happened then this happened then this happened then yeah. you back out and kind of like, here's a thought about it. So yeah, this is amazing. Wow. I love this. And, and it is so powerful. I mean, developing your public speaking skills over time, you know, I want to talk a little bit, you know, I know, I don't know where we're at time wise. I forgot to turn my timer on. I'm so bad at that. I always do that. On I I'm on the edge of my so excited. Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit about speakership is leadership. Well, tell me what that means to you. Mm. So what I see is whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, when we speak, we are leading people. Even if we, even if I go out and stand on stage and shuffle my feet and my shoulders are sagged and I don't know what I'm going to say and I'm embarrassed and I break up all my words, I'm leading the audience to a place. That is not a comfortable place <laughs> and that might not be have the intention and outcome that I wanted but I am I am leading them there you can feel that you can imagine that and likewise even in my conversations with colleagues and contacts where am I leading them there am I am there is there am I apologizing for myself and making myself look smaller with those words. Do I, even in those like casual or networking conversations, do I have a clear vision about how I can bring value to somebody's life? Do I have a clear vision keeping in my mind of what I am building in the world and how this person may or might, may not want to be a part of it, but giving them the chance to do so. So, yeah, that's so speak. That's why speakership is leadership. I love that. You know, something you said, um, I, 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 will you talk a little bit about, first, I want to say I totally agree. You know, <laughs> no matter what group you're in, where are you leading people through your words? And then something yeah. that I want to highlight for listeners is that you want to be clear about who you're leading. You know, so who is it you're trying to target? You've said this multiple times throughout. It's like knowing who you're connecting to means yeah. you can lead them more effectively because you know who it is you're leading. Right. So it's just this, it's, it creates this, uh, an ability to connect more deeply when you know where you want to lead them and what you, right. what the people are that you want to connect to. So right. That's and letting it be powerful. okay. Letting it be okay if there's people who don't or aren't ready yet for what you're offering like yeah. that's fine i know like i know the i know what my tribe looks like yeah i know what my you know community feels like and if you if that's all right if you yeah. if this if this scares you i'm a, you it's okay i i'm right. giving you the opportunity yeah yeah and you're gonna resonate and connect with the people who who are with who are on the path with you exactly 
Um, you said apologizing for yourself in speaking. I see this a lot. So can you give us an example of what that looks like? Yeah. So apologizing for your speak. I didn't, I was actually thinking of like just in a networking conversation, but um, I know that. Yeah. Well, actually, you know, what comes up the, for me personally, the one that I always catch myself on. Oh my gosh, Amanda, I swear. I, I need, I rewrite about 75% of my emails. Like I do the first draft, like, here's what I need to say. And then I read back. I'm like, okay, that's passive. That's passive. That's passive. You know, and then it's shorter, tighter, more direct. And yeah. Yeah. So all the time that's, that's the one where I catch myself. And I think when I'm physically talking to people, I feel that connection. I feel that excitement of where I want to lead them. So for me personally, that's not my Achilles heel, but I know for me, it, even, yeah, even when I'm emailing, that's your, you are, you're speaking, you're leading, yeah. where are you leading people to? How yeah. direct and confident and strong can you make that? I love this. I, I, it, everything you're saying resonates so deeply. And I am thinking about how speaking is, you know, first it comes in your mind and then you write it down and then you speak it out, uh, out. Right. And so mm -hmm. it's all of those steps and stages. So in writing an email, passive voice would look, you know, I just want to give people an example. If they aren't sure what we're talking about, it'd be like, it'd be justifying apologetically saying something like, I just, I'm just checking in. Right. Just, I'm yeah. just, yeah. right. I, yeah. I, that's the word like, oh, I just want to, yeah. Or, and if you think, or well, and that's the other one is I think, well, I think I could work this out or I think they're like, no, yeah. I, I either like I believe or I see, or I know, or this is this. Yes. Is. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. It completely changes your feeling of your sense of personal power when you're directing your communication to someone else. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, and then you were talking about, uh, well, and that has to do with clarity in your message, you know, like the, the clarity and articulation and being direct and being, you know, to me, the, uh, the opposite of apologetic kind of conversations or speaking would be like, I'm totally clear with what I have. I own it. I live it. I love it. I share it. Like, exactly, there. exactly. And that was a, I would, in my, um, in my in-person groups, this last Monday, we were talking, we were talking about leadership communications. Um, and one, the topic we focused on is in these words, having hard boundaries, but with soft emotions, like mm. this is what I can do. This is, I'd had, I, this actually come up like four times to me this week with different people, colleagues, clients, family members, where this needed, this was the answer. Um, and there's something I, maybe possibly with, with females in particular, we want to make sure, oh, we're still connected. I still like you. So if you really need me to do that, if you really, really need me to work on Saturday, then I will, but I kind of can't. And instead of saying, oh, wow, I really can't do that yeah. for you next Saturday. I so appreciate what you're doing. This is great work. I'm sure I can, you know, another, this is what I can do. I could work Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, and having yes. that firm boundary that's as Brene Brown says, strong spine, but open heart. This yeah. is where I am. And I'm, yeah. Yeah. And not apologizing for the boundaries we need to hold. Yeah. That's great. You know, it's funny on the, I was on a client uh, meeting yesterday and I said, it's okay to say no with no justification. <laughs> Right, right. Sometimes we really struggle with that. And, and I do think yeah. you're right. 
it's often a gendered phenomenon where, you know, women and girls are more socialized to be pleasers and, and be friendly and be kind. And so it's a little more work that women end up doing if they want to step into that power leadership role. They've got to remind themselves, like, I don't have to please. That's not my job. I'm a powerful person and I can use strong, powerful language. Exactly. It's that, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to get to watch people step into their power in that way. Yeah. I want to ask from you, what would you say are the top three max potential habits for speakers? Oh, that's great. Um, I would say for the speakers, and we've said some of them before, so I'm going to repeat them because they're so important, but I've got, I've got a new one, new idea as well. And first of all, um, like we said, visualize what you want the end to be. What do you want the, what's the end state of your audience? Okay. Two is prepare. Any speaker that you see that is full of ease and grace and comfort, it is because they prepared. Either that talk in particular they gave dozens of times or they have been speaking for decades and they have that comfort with it. And the third, I would say, is to respect and honor where you need to pause. Mm. Ooh, tell us a little more about that. So pauses are very, pauses are your friend. As a speaker, time is, and awareness are moving very differently for you than for the audience. And so when people have a moment of, they can't remember their words, or their emotions are gotten ahead of them a little bit. When a speaker pauses, it's going to feel like a really, really long time. It does not feel like a really, really long time to the audience. Letting yourself take that breath, letting yourself reconnect to yourself, letting yourself connect to your audience. It's all, it feels natural, it feels present. It doesn't, the audience is rarely feels, I've only, in, in this many years, in this many performances, I've only known of one speaker where people were, uh, it was a little bit much for the pauses, but, because um, they were like, seriously, 30 seconds long. So yeah. maybe not 30 seconds. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. you're right, I, you know, it's, I think when people get nervous, they tend to talk too fast. Yes. And so, you know, if public speaking is such a big fear for people, they just go, 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 and, and it makes sense. But I love, I, I don't know, even when you said it in my body, just relaxed, mm. you know, there's something about like respecting, you said respect and honor where you need to pause. It, it's such a good metaphor for life in general. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah, in public speaking, it is, you're right. If you watch those really powerful speakers, they are, it's like a, it's a dance and, and they're taking yeah. on a journey and they are pausing. You know, I, I hadn't thought of it that way before, but that's yeah. so valuable. Thank yeah. you so much. This has been incredible. And I'm certain that people are going to want to connect with you. So let us know where is the best place to find you or the best. Great. So my website is masterspeakerlab.com. And we also have a Facebook page, Master Speaker Lab page. And from there, if you want more great content, including my four steps to write your personal killer signature talk, that is at my, uh, at my website as well. 
Awesome. That's great. And for everyone listening, it will be in the show notes. It has been pure joy to have you here. Thank you. I took two pages of notes. Awesome. Really <laughs> incredible. Thank you so much. Thank and you. I'm definitely going to have you back when you have the neuroscience yes. stuff going on. So everyone check that out on her website. And if you are preparing for a big talk, she, Margaret is your woman. And you know, I realized I never even said your full name. This is Margaret Watts. <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> I didn't realize that either. I know. I didn't be in the show notes. It's so funny there. because I know you. I just, I just kind of forgot that whole important part. That's great. I didn't notice either. That's hilarious. It was such a joy. I love the work you're doing, Amanda. Well done. Thanks Thank for you. Great you. Thank you. It's been lovely having you here. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm certain that you received tons of good tips today. I will be back next week. And until then, I hope you thrive and feel alive. Live.